Right, well, it's great to be with you tonight. As Paul said, uh, my name's Becky. We do live in the same household, so we can stand next to each other, and as you'll see, because I'm going to ask him to do a few things for me later on. But before that, tonight, we are finishing our series on building back up. We started this series way back in the beginning of September, And over the weeks, we've been looking at our spiritual foundations, how they need to be strong and solid in order for anything lasting to be built on them. And we began all those weeks ago with the most important fundamental truth, which is God is love and God loves us. And we've covered many wonderful, uh, important things in the intervening weeks. And tonight we're finishing with standing strong in the spiritual battle. And we're going to be turning to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, which I'm going to read now. Um, Ephesians is a really glorious book. Um, Paul was saying this a few weeks ago when he preached. It's the letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in in the city of Ephesus. And in many ways, it's different from his other letters where he was having to address a problem. Instead, with this letter, which he wrote as a prisoner of Rome, he unpacks some of the great themes and truths of the faith, explaining who Jesus is and then how we as his followers are to be his body and how we're to behave and to treat each other. And then he concludes with these thoughts. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind... Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So beautiful and well-known words from the Apostle Paul. And if you've been around the church for any length of time, you will have come across these words, these verses before in one form or another. They are much loved. But if I'm honest, they can bring about a level of discomfort in me because I'm not really a fan of conflict. I'm aware some people don't mind it, but I don't like it for all sorts of reasons, and I avoid it whenever I can. But the truth is, as these verses say, I am in a conflict every day every moment of every day because I have a scheming enemy who will never let up and he plays dirty. He has a go at me in every conceivable way. Now, I can try to ignore that reality because I don't like the idea of it, which my enemy loves, by the way, because then I'm easy to pick off. Or 
I can accept the fact that my life is a battleground and go into training so I'm no longer an easy target, but instead I can fight back, defending myself and ideally defending others at the same time. Now, I recently learned that um, Paul, my husband, not the Apostle Paul, but Paul, my husband's great-grandfather, kept a daily diary of his experiences as a soldier. He kept a record of where he was deployed, what happened each day, his experiences of living through war. Because he was living in a time of national war, his daily reality was one of conflict. Wow, talk about a spiritual attack. Are we still alive? See, we, everything's gone dark in church, so as far as we know, everything's shut off, but I'll keep going just in case. The fact is, we are all living with the daily reality of conflict because we're in a spiritual war. And whether, rather, whether we like it or not, as followers of Jesus, we're signed up as soldiers. It's up to us to decide what kind of soldier we'll be. Will we be a soldier who's ignorant of the enemy? ineffective at best, dangerous to our own side at worst? Or will we be a soldier who is alert, aware, and disciplined, effective and dangerous to the enemy? Now, again, if all this military talk makes you uncomfortable, I understand me too, but remember our battle is not against flesh and blood. People, in other words, our battle is not against people but it's against forces of evil, the forces that want to destroy people, making lives miserable, stopping people from knowing the truth about God's love and what he's done for them through Jesus. That's who we're fighting. The Apostle Paul understood this. He knew that those who tried to silence his message about Jesus were not his true enemy. He knew that Rome was not his true enemy, but it was the spiritual forces at work behind the scenes who were his actual enemy. And the only way to withstand and defeat them was in spiritual battle, which required following his commanding officer's orders, that's God, following God's orders in the way he lived, the way he treated people, and in the way he prayed. I'll just have a little turn. He wanted the others who'd chosen to follow Jesus, that's his fellow soldiers in Ephesus, he wanted them to know as well this truth. So after the five amazing chapters um, in the book, well, chapters for us, he didn't write chapters, they were added later, but after all these words he wrote, describing who Jesus is and who we are in him, as he's drawing to his conclusion, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord's, and in his mighty power. Now he begins with this because there's some, but not a lot of points in putting on the armor he goes on to describe if we aren't in any condition to fight. We need to be strong, not in our own strength, but strong in the Lord and his power. Basically, it comes down to recognizing that without this amazing God, who came to us on earth in Jesus, who died in our place and is now seated in the heavenly realms, all things Paul's talked about earlier in this letter, without him, we don't have a chance. 
but with him, anything is possible. Any obstacle can be overcome, and every battle can be won. But it has to be done in his strength and his power in us. Once we understand that, we're ready to put on our armor. Now, as a Roman prisoner, Paul's main companions would have been those who were guarding him, Roman soldiers, in other words. So it's no surprise he'd draw on a Roman soldier's uniform to make such an, such an important point about how we should equip ourselves as spiritual soldiers. And I've done my best to cobble together some um, visual aids, and I'm gonna, going to ask Paul to come back now. My husband, Paul, not the Apostle Paul. He's not alive anymore. <laughs> but my husband, Paul. So we've got some uh, aids here. It's not, you know, real Roman armor, but this is just to help out a bit. So Paul starts his list with the belt. For a soldier... The belt had to go on before the rest of the armor to hold everything in its place. And the Apostle Paul says for us, the first thing we need to put on, does it fit? Is the truth that will hold everything else, it's actually my belt, that will hold everything else in its place. We put on this belt of truth by choosing to believe in and follow Jesus. That comes before anything else in the life of faith. Once that's in place, we can put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, a Roman soldier's breastplate covered the physical hearts, lungs, the vital organs, in the way a bulletproof vest does today. Now, our breastplate of righteousness covers our spiritual hearts, our soul, our spirit, these vital bits of us. The breastplate covers us in Jesus' righteousness, not our own. It's his righteousness that means our lives are protected from judgment and accusation. And because of that, the enemy cannot claim us as his own, nor can he accuse us before God, because when God looks at us, instead of our sinfulness, he sees what Jesus did for us. Our job is to continue to let God deal with us, with our broken, sinful places, repenting of them and letting him heal us so that we are changed from the inside out and align ourselves with Jesus' righteousness and character more and more. So that's the belt, the breastplate. Next, we have feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. They need to have thick soles, be the right size, be ready to go. Roman soldiers sometimes had to walk huge distances, so they needed good, practical, well-fitting footwear. We may have to cover huge distances spiritually. It may be only going across the street, but it may be a huge distance spiritually. And sometimes physically, we're called to go long distances to share the good news of Jesus. And we need to be ready. In addition, he says, take up the shield of faith. That is, take up belief in the promises of God. It's our trusting in God's promises, his guarantees that stops fiery arrows from landing. There are no, there's no end to the arrows of lies and temptations the enemy shoots to try to harm you. He shoots one that says, don't forget. He shoots another saying, oh, go on, feel sorry for yourself. He shoots another saying, yeah, go on, turn on the computer, look at that thing you know you shouldn't. Another saying, ignore that need you heard about, even though you could be the one to easily help. He shoots another, go on, 
Compare yourself to that person. Resent them for having what you want. Another, go on. Blame God for your illness. Another, just stop believing God is good. He hasn't answered your prayer, and he never will. And on and on. There is no end of the the fiery arrows the enemy shoots, but your shield of faith can block those arrows so they don't land. And then you don't have to deal with the damage that they would do. Then we take up and put on the helmet of salvation. Salvation is the ultimate guarantee that is our ultimate hope. We are saved and have a place in eternity with God. More on the helmet later. It's looking good. Okay. (laughs) And then we have, last but not least, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, there are so many words from the Bible we can fight with. It is our offensive weapon. Not offensive as in it offends us, although it does many people, but offensive as in we use it to fight like Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan. Now, Satan attacked Jesus when he was vulnerable. We read about it in Matthew and Luke. He appealed to Jesus, firstly, he appealed to Jesus' physical need by telling him to use his power to turn stones to bread. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, so we can assume he was hungry. Instead, Jesus responded with the words from Deuteronomy 8.3. It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is a test we didn't practice, so I was just saying if he knew it. So, that yes, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan then appealed to his emotional need by tempting Jesus to take a shortcut. Just worship me, Satan said, and I'll give you the world. Implying that Jesus could then avoid all the tough times ahead and still manage to fulfill his purpose. But Jesus responded with Deuteronomy 6.13. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Mm, Well done. And finally, Satan tried to tell Jesus it would be a good idea to prove to himself and to everyone else that God was really on his side by a great dramatic gesture. In this case, throw yourself off this building, this high building, so the angels will come and rescue you, and that will be irrefutable proof that you are the Messiah. Jesus responded this time with Deuteronomy 6, 16. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. All right. So every time Jesus used the word of God to hit back, he was successful in withstanding Satan's scheming attacks. And these are often the sorts of attacks Satan uses on us too. Our physical needs, our emotional ones, and our need to prove ourselves. And as in everything else, Jesus here is our example of how to use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Thank you very much. You are dismissed. So that is our armor. Soldiers then and now dress for protection, needing to protect those areas of the body that, if damaged, are most vulnerable to causing death, like the head and the heart. We need to do the same remembering that our mind is the biggest battlefield. It's where most of the enemy's attacks come. So it's where we do the most battle. Because what we do is a result of what we think, we need to pay attention to what we're thinking. From my personal experience and from having talked to and prayed with many others, I believe if we can firmly root ourselves in the truth of God's love, 
really believe it with our minds and our hearts, we will be able to withstand and fight back much more effectively against Satan's attacks. That's why this series on our foundations began all those weeks ago with the truth about God's love. It's the most fundamental thing we need to grasp. In the same way that there are general attacks from the enemy that we all experience, there are also specific attacks sent specifically against you, specifically against me. In that same way, you and I need to believe and receive God's general love for everyone and everything, but you must also believe and receive his specific love for you. And I must also believe and receive his specific love for me. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I received this letter in the post from a woman who'd been reading um, some Bible reading notes I'd written for um, Living Light on the book of Colossians about this subject, about receiving God's love personally. And this is a bit of what she wrote. She said, I wanted to share with you a precious experience of the summer past. During my prayer time, I became suddenly aware of a warm golden light beaming down from God. It was beaming directly to me, and God said, I love you, with you underlined. He said it in such a way that I knew, as never before, that he loves the person I am. I had always known that God loves everyone, but it had never before felt truly personal. It is a precious moment which has changed me in some way, and I will never forget the experience or what it means to me. Now, this lovely lady signed off with her name and her age. Her age, 79. And I mention that only because it shows how you can go through life knowing about God for quite a long time without ever getting to grips with the truth of his specific love for you. 79 years in her case. But when you are able to believe and receive it, it changes you because it heals you. When I'm in the midst of a battle and need a reminder of this truth, I can use, and I do use, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, many of the beautiful things, promises of God that are in the Bible and beautiful things he says about me. Sometimes I just sum them up by saying, God is always good and I am always loved. God is always good, and I am always loved. This is the truth that Lynn Button says that she would rehearse to herself to to grow in feeling connected to God when she first became a Christian. And I say feeling connected because she was connected, but often it takes time for our feelings to catch up with reality. Repeating, God is always good, and I am always loved, is an easy and straightforward way to help that happen, and it's a great way to protect your mind and your heart. And then in our reading, as the Apostle Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. After you have done everything means everything we're called to do by the one who gives us orders. That's God. And we get his orders through the Bible and prayer. It's not enough to just put the armor on and just stand around. Everything means doing the things the armor represents as soldiers in God's army, which means it's about our connection to him. It's about how we treat people. 
It's about the choices we make, big and little. So we do our best to live by what the Bible teaches, which means we need to read it and we need to know it. And we need to pray. As the last verses in the reading said, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. And then Paul makes it personal. He says, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Prayer. It's where we do the serious fighting. As we just did earlier in the service, it's where we intercede for others, for nations, for the world, using our faith to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. This is our outward-focused expression of prayer, and it's something we're all called to. And if you want to do it with others, as you heard at the beginning in the notices, there are lots of opportunities through the week to join with others in this outward expression of intercessory prayer. And then also, prayer is where we do battle on a personal level. This is our inward expression of prayer. It's where our hurts are healed, where we're able to be honest about when and how we've messed up and receive forgiveness. It's where we receive refreshment, and it's where we're given our marching orders. And to finish, the wonderful thing is as soldiers in this war, we know for sure we're on the winning side. We may lose a few battles along the way, but the ultimate victory is assured. That's great news, and it encourages us to keep going. Now, personally, I'm not good with suspense, probably related to my not locking conflict, but I am the sort of person who reads the last page of a book, and I'm a bit embarrassed by this, but if it's really suspenseful, by which for me I mean stressful, I've even been known to jump ahead and watch the last episode of, on a series, of a series on Netflix just so I can know what will happen. Because you see, I like a happy ending. And if there's not going to be one, I want to be prepared. What if I've invested myself in this story? I've got to know and love the characters. I've watched them suffer and struggle with so many unjust things for it to have meant nothing in the end. I need to know what they're going through is going to be worth it that the innocent will be vindicated and the baddies will be punished. Well, we are in the greatest drama ever. The ending is certain. I've read the last page of the book. It's going to be a happy ending. So, as we turn to prayer, I wonder tonight, what battle do you find yourself in? What bit of armor are you in the most need of? Are you even ready to put on the armor? Are you feeling strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Do you need a revelation of God's specific love for you? Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's there. He wants to speak to you. So let's just pray and allow him to do that. Just give him a bit of space. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come and reveal to each one of us what it is you want to say to us. Thank you, Lord, that we are not alone in this fight, that we do it in your power and might.
We thank you for that belt of truth which we put on when we, when we um, ask Jesus to live in our lives and we receive him. Thank you for what that means. As we were in the worship earlier, I just felt that God was saying that there's someone, um, it might be a few people who, they have their armor on, they've got their shields, but their arms tired from holding up the shield. It's just sort of letting it drop a bit. And so more arrows are making their way through. And I just felt the Lord was saying that he just wants you to lean on him, receive refreshment and strength from him don't have to do it on your own he is there for you and maybe it's just that in this time when we haven't been able to meet together it's been harder to feel connected to God in that way but he's just saying just give me the space I'm here for you let me meet with you let me love you so your part is just to say yes Lord I want to receive I'm open to you As Marcia was saying at the beginning, it's will we, will we receive? And we just say, yes, we will receive. He is faithful. He will come and meet you. Even if you aren't aware of anything physically happening, something is happening. He is meeting with you. He's strengthening you. He's um, taking the dents out of your armor. He's sharpening your swords taking the dents out of your helmet where you've been bashed a bit. So, Lord, we just thank you for who you are and what we do. Lord, we um, just say yes to you. We are soldiers in your army fighting to bring your kingdom of light and goodness to a world that's lost and in darkness. So we just pray for your continued strengthening, Lord, that we would be clear uh, what your orders are as our commanding officer through the Bible and, and for us specifically day to day, who we speak to, the decisions we make, the choices before us. Thank you that you are with us in it and we can rely on you. So as we have a time of um, worship that Martin's going to lead, just let the Lord keep speaking to you about this and just tell him how you're feeling about it what it means to you or where you're struggling because he is there for you amen